This is a podcast by The Business Times. Welcome to Wealth with BT. Learn to protect and grow your wealth in this monthly podcast series by The Business Times, hosted by BT Wealth Editor Genevieve Kwa. This episode is brought to you by Pictay Wealth Management. Today, we're going to talk about investing in healthcare via private equity. Healthcare as an investment theme is an intriguing one. Over the past few decades, many medical breakthroughs have transformed the healthcare landscape. Think about remote and keyhole surgery, for example, and immunotherapies to treat cancer. But you don't even have to cast your mind so far back for transformative developments. COVID-19, which began to rage across the world in 2020, was a watershed event in a number of ways. First was the speed at which vaccines were developed using messenger RNA or mRNA like those by Pfizer and Moderna. Second, we see the world embrace the use of digital for healthcare, including AI and wearable tech like smartwatches that can detect and monitor the onset of illness even before the wearer is aware of it. There are, of course, as many risks as there are opportunities in healthcare investments. A groundbreaking development like a cure for cancer or Alzheimer's would be very rewarding once clinically proven and commercialized. Yet many other R&D efforts costing millions and billions of dollars fall by the wayside for various reasons. The good news is, if you are keen to get an investment exposure to the healthcare theme, there are many options depending on your risk appetite and resources. These range from angel investing, which occurs when the investment proposition is at the startup stage, to venture capital and private equity, where there's already proof of concept and maybe some revenues. And then, of course, the most liquid and accessible stage is public securities. Many healthcare companies and even REITs are listed in public markets, including hospital groups and mature businesses like the pharmaceutical giants, as well as initial public offers. Last year, in fact, was something of a banner year for healthcare investments. According to S&P Global, healthcare companies raised a record 56 billion US dollars across more than 400 IPOs. In public markets, the MSCI World Healthcare Index generated returns of over 20% in 2021, just a tad slower than the MSCI World Index return of 22%. But the past 10 years were very rewarding. The MSCI World Healthcare Index delivered returns of nearly 14% a year, compared to about 11% by the MSCI World Index. What about the avenue of private equity? A report by Bain & Company, specifically on the healthcare theme within PE, found that healthcare deal value more than doubled to 151 billion US dollars in 2021, from 66 billion in 2020. In the years from 2010 to 2021, the median internal rate of return for healthcare deals was better than all other industries by about six percentage points. In this podcast, we'll be focusing on private equity route for healthcare investments. To start, let's look at two issues. One is the question of why invest in healthcare at all. The second is why an exposure via PE makes sense. So why invest in healthcare? There are a number of key growth drivers that underpin the sector for the long term. One is an aging population. We all know that Singapore's population is rapidly graying, but this demographic trend is actually also a global one. 
According to the UN, virtually every population in the world is seeing a rise in the number and proportion of older people in their population, varying only in degree. By 2050, one in six people around the world, or 16%, will be over the age of 65. In 2019, the proportion was much lower at just 9%, or one in 11 people. In Europe and North America alone, One in four persons could be aged 65 or older by 2050. The number of people aged 80 and older is projected to triple from 143 million in 2019 to 426 million in 2050. Aging is, of course, accompanied by a number of health issues, such as a surge in chronic diseases. Worse still, older people are much more likely to suffer more than one chronic or critical illness simultaneously. This trend is likely to drive governments to spend significantly more on healthcare. In the U.S., healthcare expenditure rose from 6% of GDP in 1970 to around 19% in 2020. This is the highest among rich countries. But even as healthcare spending rose, the need for cost efficiency is also rising because of the magnitude of waste. As much as 25 to 30 percent of government healthcare expenditure is actually wasted. Hence, we're going to see demand for digital solutions, which can help governments cut waste and get more benefit from their dollars. But quite apart from aging, rising affluence also raises people's expectations of the quality of care they want to receive. This is a positive for companies involved in the development of treatments and therapies. Now, onto the second question: Why get exposure to healthcare via PE? Please do note that private equity, which invests in unlisted or private companies, is typically open only to accredited or sophisticated investors for a number of reasons. One, there is typically a long lock-in period of eight to ten years. While investing in private companies may potentially be very rewarding in the long term, it is also more risky. For example, the company may fail to realize its ambitions because its execution strategy is weak, or its market may change structurally and it loses its unique selling proposition. It's therefore important to pick a good PE manager who may take an active role in the company to help it grow and succeed. We have with us Huiyang Go, Pictay Wealth Management Senior Advisor for Alternative Investments in Asia. Huiyang, we've been discussing private equity as a vehicle to invest in healthcare. Why would the PE route make sense, and what risks should we be mindful of? So, as we all know, healthcare costs have been rising, and this is a global phenomenon. Technology and innovation hold the key to potential solutions to improve efficiency and cut costs. Innovation originates with smaller companies, and startups spun out from university laboratories. These early-stage companies require funding to achieve maturity. Private markets are the driving force behind this innovation. Not once a product is approved to treat a disease with no other cure, market distribution is less of a challenge. This means that most of the value creation takes place during product development stage, making it a great way to access attractive healthcare investment opportunities. Here is a data point: more than half of the drugs approved by FDA every year originated from small companies. Only a small fraction of these biotech companies go public. Now, why? Because big pharma incumbents have been acquiring innovation by buying out these smaller startups. 
meaning that there is a healthy M&A market for this industry. As a result, growth in the biotech sector has been resilient and stable for over a decade. And certainly, it's almost intuitive that PE investors get a chance to participate almost at ground zero level in the most promising smaller and innovative companies. But what can you tell us about the risks? Although private assets can potentially generate higher expected returns, they do come at the cost of liquidity. Most private equity funds have a legal structure with a 10-year term. Patience is required for value creation strategy to be executed in a private company over a few years. Such investments are rarely so quickly nor easily. Having said that, for the long-term investor with a thoughtful asset allocation strategy, potential handsome gains can be generated from e-liquidity premium, especially in a protected low-return environment that we are in right now. Huiyang Go, Pictay Wealth Management's Senior Advisor for Alternative Investments in Asia. This episode was brought to you by Pictay Wealth Management. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. Healthcare, of course, is a very broad sector. What healthcare themes within private markets do you believe are the most promising in the long term? Huiyang Go, Pictay Wealth Management, Senior Advisor for Alternative Investments in Asia. The central theme revolves around innovation. Innovation is shrinking drug development timeline. AI and machine learning are increasingly being applied to drug design and discovery, paving the way for precision medicine. High-performance computing and even robotics are being integrated into processes to produce transformational therapies and improve patient outcome. Another theme is aging populations and changing lifestyles. This has led to chronic conditions like cancer and diabetes becoming more prevalent. It is no longer about having more people to treat and more people who will need care. It is also about having people living longer and wanting to live longer in better shape. People want a comfortable experience, proper advice, proper information and detailed analysis. This new focus on the patient as a customer Providing him or her with more than just effective care requires new tools to maintain health, prevent diseases, and optimize the delivery of care. One simple example is a smart personal health monitoring device worn on the body to measure and encourage a healthy and active lifestyle. The final theme I would highlight here is digital solutions. Healthcare systems around the world have been slow to adopt new digital tools for better outcomes and efficiency. The US spent nearly $12,000 on healthcare per capita in 2020, a figure over 65% higher than Switzerland, the next highest healthcare spender. Consolidation is happening among digital health providers to create solutions at scale. Examples are telemedicine and the use of virtual and augmented reality to train healthcare workers. Such solutions saw a big boost during the pandemic, but more importantly, It is also key to providing services to poorer and more remote, harder-to-reach areas. Incidentally, this is a crucial part of the UN's Sustainable Development Goals. Therefore, this is a big priority for governments worldwide. Huiyang, that all sounds very promising, but the macro environment is very hard to ignore and probably makes investors nervous. We're seeing a confluence of factors like higher interest rates. Higher inflation and slower economic growth. What impact do these factors have on PE investments broadly and on the healthcare sector in particular? 
Direct impact can be seen in deal valuation, transaction volume, and debt financing. To give you an anecdote, in Q1 this year, we evaluated about the same number of co-investment deals that we completed last year. Quite painfully, none were approved. These are great businesses with blue-chip institutional investors. We declined them, mainly because of entry valuation gap between sellers and buyers. Likewise, there are less IPO exits given depressed valuation and sentiments. So fund managers may choose to delay IPO exits. But the PE industry is creative. Managers can explore alternatives such as a sale to a trade buyer or another financial sponsor. As for fund commitments, we don't time the market at pictate. As a long-term private equity investor, we make fund commitments across market cycles. It is noteworthy that historically, funds launched around recessionary times provided superior performance. And for healthcare sector in particular, innovative drugs and commercialization stage command a higher valuation. Hence, these firms are better positioned to pass on costs to end buyers. Quality assets, especially biotech, will attract high valuation from large pharmaceutical companies. By the way, pharma companies and managed care companies are well-suited to inflationary environment. Hence, this industry is anchored by structural growth drivers. It is also capable of generating strong cash flows that can provide a defensive tilt for an investment portfolio. There's one more thing, Huyang. Many investors today want sustainability in their portfolios. How do you factor in ESG factors in your process? ESG meaning environmental, social, and governance factors when investing in private markets. We believe companies that are committed to ESG will be more competitive in the long term and more likely to deliver positive investment returns. Today, there is no clear framework in the private investment world. Depending on industry sector and operating models, every company has different ESG focus areas that matter to its own stakeholders. At a high level, when we invest into a private equity fund, we assess the fund manager's commitment to ESG. For example, is a former ESG policy in place? Does the fund manager consider and report ESG risks to the investment committee? For co-investment deals, we are a lot closer to the investment targets. So to illustrate, when we evaluate investments into molecules, green chemistry and related pollution considerations are important factors to consider. Without proper ESG measures at the business level, compliance can become a serious regulatory issue. When sustainability measures are factored into drug discovery and production, the long-term economic model will not just be viable, but competitive, ultimately generating positive outcomes for all. Finally, ESG considerations run the gamut from environmental footprints, supply chain, to recruitment efforts at management level, and even clinical trial diversity and inclusion. Factoring ESG into investment process is still at a relatively nascent stage. Some of the current challenges are KPI measurements, accountability, and communication to stakeholders. Regardless, at PICTAE, we are optimistic and definitely continuing to track ahead on this ESG journey. We've just heard from Huyango, PICTAE Wealth Management's Senior Advisor for Alternative Investments in Asia, here to throw more light on investing in healthcare via private equity. As we've heard, there are many promising themes within healthcare, particularly in the area of innovation and PE offers an avenue to invest in promising smaller companies before their value becomes widely recognized. That's it for today's episode of Wealth with BT. Until next time, thank you for listening. 
This episode is brought to you by Pictay Wealth Management. That was a podcast by The Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Do note, all analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast are for your general information only. You should not rely on them in making any decision. Please consult a fully qualified financial advisor or professional expert for independent advice and verification. To the fullest extent permitted by law, SPH Media shall not be liable for any loss arising from the use of or reliance on any analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast. SPH Media accepts no responsibility or liability whatsoever that may result or arise from the products, services, or information of any third parties.